Welcome to episode two of the Omnibus Podcast. It's like um, peer pressure, only, you know, for your ears. Uh, I am Luke Osterritter, your host for this evening. And to my left, Adam Lugabill. Very good. <laughs> very impressed. Yes, I've been doing my my Cores of Steel tapes. <laughs> and uh, to Adam's left... We have, or you're right. No, well, it's not really. Like your because front, really. More like my front. <laughs> I guess they can't so. see that, so let's not talk. They don't about know it. the arrangement. I guess not. We're sitting around the pool in Malibu. Yes, <laughs> we're sitting around a pool table in Pennsylvania. <laughs> in, <laughs> in a basement. In, in front basement. of me is Dennis Conley. Howdy. That that's it. That's all I got. We're gonna have no. some cute little. All right. Um. All right. Today we uh we're gonna start off. As always, always being our last episode. This is episode number two. So, we got kind of a thing going here. We're going to start off with uh, what we've been doing. Anyone want to... Yeah, man. I've been doing all <laughs> kinds of stuff since I didn't talk to her in the intro. Um, <laughs> I just I recently read the first three volumes of Planetary. I wanted to talk about that because well, I'm it's not stop freaking you. awesome. And, man... Planetary is a comic book. That's true. Planetary is a comic book. The object of Planetary <laughs> is to read from beginning to end. <laughs> Planetary is a comic book by Warren Ellis and with art by John Cassidy. And it is sweet. And we talked about Warren Ellis a lot in the last show, I think. Maybe. Which is Maybe it was the show before that. Oh, wait. No, wait. One. There was only one yeah, last show. Yeah, it must have been that show. <laughs> this is only going to get harder as it goes on. <laughs> yeah, Planetary is this awesome sci-fi superhero book, kind of, I yeah. guess, about... There are people with superpowers, but yeah. they, they're not exactly what you think of when you think of superpowers. Yeah, I wouldn't call it... I mean, I guess it is, it is a superhero, a superhero book, book, but... It's, but it's a non-traditional superhero book. Mm-hmm. So you're saying it's kind of like Heroes? No. Oh. <laughs> it's like Heroes in the sense that there are people in it who have powers and they do things. Yeah. Oh, so I, yeah, I was about dead on. <laughs> well, 100%. I don't know, maybe it's like Heroes meets the X-Files. It's about so. It's, it's about heroes like, with David Duchovny. Let's just start over and say it's nothing like heroes. Let's do that. <laughs> it's about people who investigate like strange activities that have happened during the 20th century, and it's amazing. You read it right out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's great. It's it's <laughs> one of those books that when it was coming out on a more regular basis, there were people that would come into the store, and it would be the most exciting thing for them when an issue would come out because. Mm-hmm. It's just so refreshing, that book. Yeah. It's different, and each issue is self-contained, so it didn't matter that it took six months for an issue to come out. So it's like Detective Comics. <laughs> Man, you're batting <laughs> like a zero here, because, first of all... I don't Detective know too much Comics, about baseball, but... <laughs> Detective Comics has, like, six-issue story arcs, and, like... <laughs> well... Oh. Well, that's that. <laughs> I mean, there are some ones. Well, issues. if you can't tell, uh, I haven't read it. I, di- I have heard it's really, really good. Right. So I'll probably end up stealing a copy of that. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> from the, your store. The Absolute Edition of Volume 1 is going for... The lowest one on Amazon used is 245 Wow. And the highest one new is over $1,000. Right, wow. so the barrier to entry is kind of low. There's really no <laughs> that's excuse. If you want the well, that's ridiculous only if you want the absolute cover. edition. Yeah. Which you don't have to have, but I would kind of like that. But you'd be less of a person. <laughs> well, 
Yes, we do like to belittle people who only have the trade paperbacks. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But absolutely, that's funny because of the absolute C. See what oh, you... Oh, wow. wow. I didn't even oh, know I was yeah. doing that. That's amazing. We don't even have writers. <laughs> <laughs> don't let them fool you. We scripted this all out. All right, what else, Denny? Um, Adam laughs mildly. <laughs> I, <laughs> I also read the uh, first volume of Warren Ellis's Thunderbolt run. Yeah. I guess is it the only volume? Is that? In it's the only one that's been collected. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I think that's the only one. All yeah. the stories that he did. Man, that book is awesome as well. And Penance is hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thunderbolts is a book about former supervillains who have been drafted by the government to hunt down um, superpowered individuals who are not obeying the law. Yes. Um, and it has been phenomenal since Warren Ellis took over. I'm not going to say that it wasn't good before because I wasn't reading it. Yeah. I don't want to judge no, what I was wasn't I. actually a part of, but the Warren Ellis Fair part enough. of it has been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a smoking hot book. One of my absolute <laughs> favorite superhero books is coming out right now. What's that? Let's just name this show the Warren Ellis Fans <laughs> I know, really. Podcast because... We're going to talk about something other than Warren Ellis. All right, moving on, away from Warren Ellis. Um, I'm, I just started re-watching season one of Arrested Development, mm-hmm. yeah. and I haven't watched it since... I guess since I had G four and I was watching the reruns on that, <laughs> right? But it's been forever since I watched them in order. Man, the show is killing me. It's so funny. I it just kills me that it only got three seasons. But I guess it just never found. I feel an audience. so bad because I'm partly responsible. I I never watched it when it was on, and yeah. now that I see the DVDs, I'm like, lol, this is a funny show. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I I'm in the same boat. We didn't watch it until we it was killed over. Arrested Development. We did. We are horrible people. We bastards. Don't you hate when your shows get canceled? Well, no, because it wasn't my show at the time. I'm retroactively pissed. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What just happened? Luke's computer (laughs) just did something insane. (laughs) Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. (laughs) So anyway, yes, Arrested Development was great. Yeah. But man. Arrested Development was a comedy on TV, (laughs) which you can... You can buy in a DVD box set. This podcast assumes listeners do not have access to Wikipedia. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I was watching it and it made me start thinking about my other favorite shows that have been canceled or forced to shut down before they were ready. So I thought we could talk. Like Firefly, Family Guy. um... At least Family Guy got to come back. That's true. But yeah, so I thought we could talk for a minute about our favorite shows that have been that have been canceled, that have been canceled or forced to wrap up early. Seinfeld. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> um, wow. Definitely Deadwood. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. And it sucks that we can get those movies. Yeah, supposedly. Deadwood was just fantastic, and I mm-hmm. can't believe that it's over. It's a shame. It's a shame. Same with um, Carnival. Yeah. Only got two seasons, and I love that show. I don't know. It's funny because I really want to watch it, but I don't want to get because into no a show ending. that yeah. has no ending. Yeah. Same yeah. with uh, John from Cincinnati. You'll probably never end up starting because nah. it only made it through yeah, the first they, season. Yeah, they killed that show before it even yeah. the crawl. I don't know why. I love that show, too. I thought it was pretty fun. It was all right. Well, whatever. I didn't see it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm part of the reason it died. <laughs> What well, else? What about the Black Donnellys? That's your. That's that your, was my show, oh, man. Yeah. This that that year for me, the Black Donnellys and um, Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip. Yeah, I was devastated. Both Studio of those Sixty, canceled. that's a crime. That's, that's yeah. a good one. That was an awesome show. I mean, I know that it did change pace a lot, and I guess the audience didn't take to that. It did become a lot more serious than it was at the beginning. 
and a little more, I don't know, romance, I guess. But yeah. I still thought it was great. There were lots of laughs. The writing was awesome. It was better than the real Saturday Night Live. Yeah. <laughs> By far. Well, yeah. That, that's saying a lot. <laughs> I, yeah. Did anybody Luke, watch? Any, any canceled shows? See, here's the thing about me and television shows. I don't watch <laughs> oh, them. See, I, I'm so afraid that I'm going to fall in love with something and then it's going to either A, be really popular and drawn out to death, or B, it's going to be canceled before there's a satisfying ending. So I just sort of shy away from anything that's not like... That's not over? Yeah, pretty much. Except for The Office. Except for The Office, because that show, that is a funny show. <laughs> is that the that only show that you show. watch that uh, while it's running? I I started to watch Heroes because um, of... Uh, well, let's, let's just say I, I came for the cheerleader, I stayed for Kirsten Bell. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Honest. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> So yeah, uh, I I fear and respect television. Yeah, <laughs> and much prefer DVD. Fair enough. But you have you have some serious problems with television, don't you? You feel that a good series will never stay good because it'll get popular and they'll kill it. Well, I'm just worried I'm gonna get brain tumors like video drugs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See, so that's a valid concern, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, nobody wants a brain tumor from video drum. No. Right. Long live the new flesh. Except maybe James Woods. He seemed like he was enjoying himself. <laughs> That's the whole point. <laughs> well, I wasn't enjoying myself. Well, anyway, shows that I am disappointed when they got canceled. I loved Jack and Bobby. That one you always tell me about that, show. and I never watched it. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it was good. Um, I also loved... Quantum Leap. <laughs> Did that get canceled? I don't, I don't know whether it got canceled or it was on for a while, there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on for quite a while. I think that one died a natural death. It, it may have. I don't know. I don't. I don't have any knowledge of it. But it, it's over, <laughs> and I miss it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I like talking about it. You know. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess everybody, like, well, not everybody, nine out of ten people are gonna would say Firefly. Yeah. So would I. Yeah, Firefly is fantastic. Love that show. Can't... I will have to watch that. Yeah, Luke started watching it one day and just made fun of it and said that no, said that Mal said that Mal was like Han Solo. And I that, was, that, that was the end of it for I him. I did say that. Wow, I did say that. <laughs> um, what else though? I mean, that's that's the big one: Black Donnelly, Studio Sixty, Carnival. It's depressing. I'd be sad Deadwood. if they canceled the Terminator show. <laughs> it's one more episode left of The Wire. Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. I mean, at least they're ending what they wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. that's not had a good life. Yeah, the best life, arguably. Yeah, the best <laughs> life on television. <laughs> um, was Undeclared canceled, or did they only want to do one season? I feel mm. like it was canceled. I feel like it was canceled, too. Yeah. Undeclared, I, I, if anybody hasn't heard of it, I guess it's kind of obscure. It was only one season. It was about um, college freshmen and dorm life. And that was a, uh, a Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow, yeah, yeah, before he started making film. And there's a lot of... Just about everybody that you see in John Applesauce movies, aside from Steve Carell, shows up in Undeclared. So, it's great. It's funny. So for reference, <laughs> this is the same breed that did uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin, Virgin and uh, Super, Super Bad. Super Bad. Yep. Yep. Uh, what was the other big one? Knocked Up. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Those guys are great, though. They're hilarious. If you if you get the Undeclared box set, which I recommend, there's some great extra footage of the uh, casting calls. And you get to see, I'm drawing a blank on all of their names right now, but um, 
Uh, who are Seth they? Rogen. Seth Rogen for one, and the other one is uh, the other guy from Knocked Up who plays one of the guys he lives with, this tall, skinny guy. Oh, uh, yeah. I forget, he plays Steven Eric. Carp. Was that his name? No, no, Stephen Carp's a little guy. Oh, the okay. other one, the one who plays Eric, the boyfriend oh, right. on Undeclared. Yeah, I don't know. There's a casting call. And he's call. in the new movie, too. Yeah, he's going to be the main character in... Um, getting over Super Hot Girl. Getting over... What's your girlfriend's name? Um, uh, what's her name? Is the girl Kristen from Heroes? Kirsten? Kirsten, Kirsten Bell? Kirsten? I don't know. Hotness. But anyways, there's that. There's the two of them just improving this whole conversation. It is hilarious. Way too vulgar to ever actually make it onto Fox while the show is running, but... There's thing. some cool extras in that box that I would definitely yeah. recommend it. Fox is definitely where I go to, to find a moral high ground. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Apparently Eric's name was Jason Siegel. That is, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Eric Siegel. Thank you. Or is it Seagal? Thank you with the no, fact check. Do you think maybe he's got an action star in him somewhere? Yes. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Alright, so I don't know. What have you been up to, Adam? Alias. Whoa. You've yeah, been up to well, Alias? Nah. <laughs> Jessica Jones Alias or Jennifer Garner Alias? <laughs> No, that was just another show that got canceled, but it didn't really. It really shouldn't have gone as long as it did. Yeah. Um, where were we? Ah, what have I been up to? We just watched the assassination of Jesse James by the assassin Robert Ca- or by the, by coward. the coward Robert, Robert Ford. Ford, which was uh, spectacular. Yeah, I'm I looking forward it. to seeing that. Um, we can't Man. really talk about it since I'm, I think, the only person at the, yeah. at the pool. Yeah. Well, we can just talk it. about the uh, possible rebirth of the successful Western. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean it's been a while. Funny. It's been a while since Unforgiven. Yeah, and that was the last hurrah, or so people thought. Yeah, but I don't know. This year was awesome. I mean, did you watch Three Ten to Yuma? I haven't come and seen. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it was very good. <laughs> I loved it. So a I lot of people have it. problems with the ending, and everybody's complaining about it. But you you'll see it, and you'll see how awesome it is. Yeah, but. I don't know. There's that. I could see where you did not like the ending, but I did. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the ending. Yeah. Um, the I dark. Guess. The Dark Tower comic series is out. That's yeah. pretty huge in western. Uh, Long Road Home comes out this week. This week. Yeah. Depending on when you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. If ever. <laughs> if you're not listening to it, then you wouldn't get the date. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's been a good year for the western. <laughs> you just blew my mind. That's how I roll. Yes. <laughs> Um, also, still playing World of Warcraft. Excellent. Which is a and desktop tower defense. I, I could quit Warcraft anytime I wanted, though. So it's not like I'm addicted. <laughs> I I know. It's not like I just bought my first piece of season one arena gear with honor points or anything. Cause I'm off the wagon. Off the wagon. Or is it on, on the, the wagon? wagon? <laughs> off the wagon. I don't know. You're still on the wagon if you're not playing. I've been trying You're to get only off the wagon <laughs> yeah. when you start playing. I've again. been trying to get Denny to reboot his account for the better part of a year now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's ever gonna happen. Someday, maybe. In your whole life, ever? I don't know. What if they put out World of Warcraft two? Will you play that? What? How would that be different from an expansion? It'll be It'll a completely cost different game. And I'll have to start from zero again. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Starting from zero is where the fun is. <laughs> Alright, what else are we up to? Still, uh, oh, Kick-Ass came out this week. Wow. Yes, it did. Yeah, let's Issue talk about number Kick-Ass. one of Kick-Ass came out. By... So, what's the consensus? Not very good? <laughs> <laughs> Omnibus podcast. We have jokes. <laughs> so, Kick-Ass number one by Mark Miller and John Romita Jr., a comic book. And a it comic book awesome. it is. It was the comic good. book. We all enjoyed it a great deal wow. because it is good. Yeah. Here's the thing. It's about a kid in a in the real world, more or less, who 
reads comic books and and wonders why no one has ever tried to be a superhero before and he does it and he gets his ass handed to him and it's great he he finds out yeah Yeah. he finds out why no one's done it but the the intimation in the book Mm. is that he changes the world through his actions so you can see that they're setting up a lot of story yeah and like i've told everybody who even talks to me about (laughs) kick-ass every single page of kick-ass bleeds how much they just loved doing it yeah and that That's is a, a fun thing to read in a comic book. Absolutely. It is super fun when you're reading something that the people that created it really enjoyed. Yeah. It's impossible not to have a good time reading that book. Did yeah. you guys uh, watch the viral video they had on <laughs> Yes. I didn't. It's Was it funny? funny. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, we'll have that in the show notes, I think. But uh, you can go to myspace.com slash kickass underscore comic, I think it is. Something like that. Yeah. And you'll be able to... You know, Adam's a friend and feel important. <laughs> yeah. And you can uh, check the viral vid out there, too. Man, yeah. you know what I loved about Kick-Ass is... How, how Kick-Ass it was? <laughs> not just how Kick-Ass it was, but how it's told through uh, through the kid's perspective. Yeah. So you only see what he's seen, really. And there was a part whenever he says, I've been going to the gym in my free time, and I feel like I'm getting really big. Yeah. And you know, it's weird. Like, as a narrator, you want to trust him that he's getting really big. But then you kind of realize that it's like his fantasy, you know? Yeah. And you don't really know that he gained any muscle at all. And yeah. as you see it, he maybe he didn't do enough training, no, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But I really like that it's told through his perspective. It's so fun. And I want to talk for a second about <laughs> the internet. Don't let us stop you. There's no way... The internet, Adam? Yes. The internet <laughs> a is series a of series of tubes. <laughs> it's not like a big truck. That would be ridiculous. Wow, the joke's old. Let's okay, anyway... Um, and I know that there's no stopping what happens on the internet, but let's be honest for a second here. People on the internet like to complain. What? And one no. one thing that they complain about on the internet is when people... I, I don't know. Here's, here's the thing about Kick-Ass. <laughs> Kick-Ass is published by Icon Comics, which is a subdivision, I guess, of Marvel Comics. Yep. Icon is their creator-owned imprint. They don't spend any money on advertising. Marvel doesn't. So everything is owned by their creators, and they are required to do whatever they think they can to make their book big. So Hence a guy why, like uh, Brew Baker spends twenty-seven hours a day on MySpace pimping criminal, <laughs> and and uses all of his time on his Captain America interviews yeah. to pimp criminal. Yeah, also, which is great. Also, <laughs> hence why criminal T-shirts are available now at Cafe Press. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so in interviews, Mark Miller would talk kick ass up, like. Like nothing else. Like nothing else. <laughs> and people on the internet acted like he was the hugest asshole in the world yeah. for being proud of a book that he had written. That and, jerk. you know, that's just like, I'm sorry, if you're a creator and you've spent all this time working on a comic book, of course you're going to be excited about it. Of course you're going to talk it up. And if there's no advertising money, of course you're going to take every opportunity to get people's attention. Yeah. And it's working. We're selling the crap out of that comic book, and I imagine everyone else is too. Yeah, people way overreacted over that. I mean, I honest, I don't think that. He, I mean, he was trying to cause hype to sell the book, but I really think it was genuine. I mean, yeah, he was really excited about that book, and wants people to go out and read it. And and unless he gets the retailers excited about it, and a few customers excited about it, no one is ever gonna know. You know, it's icon. Yep. It's not a big superhero. They're gonna. No, so if he wouldn't have done that and got people like us so excited about it, we might not have sold as much as we did and our customers wouldn't be having fun reading it. Yeah. Well, and maybe if it's so good, people will just read it. And <laughs> just jump off the shelf way. at them. <laughs> and for whatever else you might say about him and his hyping, 
Man, apparently there were twice as many orders for Kick-Ass number one than any other comic book icon has ever published. Yeah. And so it works. And that's a good thing because it lets us as retailers know that we need to order a lot. And it gets the word out there for people who want a comic book like Kick-Ass. We are returned from our break. Yes. Welcome back. To the Omnibus Podcast. You didn't even know you were going anywhere, did you? No. You know why? Because we didn't tell you. You know why we didn't tell you? We didn't know. <laughs> I was just going to say, because that's how we roll. Yes. Surprise that... after surprise. No, we knew. It was in the script. We all needed a quick dip into the pool. Yes. <laughs> I forgot we were in Malibu. Is that where we were? <laughs> yes. Another apple teeny, yes. please. Easy on the teeny. Wow. <laughs> Scrubs reference. hey Good times. Cool. Topical. <laughs> Scrubs, another show I wish hadn't got canceled. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Alright, so where were we? Luke, what you been doing? I'll tell you what I've been doing. Aside from reading Kick-Ass, which, as we've already said, was terrible. Um, <laughs> Terribly awesome. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway. There was um, a cool hand gesture there, too. No, there wasn't. It was pretty lame. Can't <laughs> wait to hear the sound levels on that one. <laughs> Post-production. <laughs> It's the only way this podcast is going to make it to the internet. Um, I read, uh, I read Criminal Number One, Number Two, Number Two, Number One, Number Two, Number One, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Man, was that book awesome or what? Oh, I loved every second of it. I was reading it and I was like, "Wow, I'm enjoying myself." Let's just sit back, talk about how awesome all the icon books are <laughs> for a few more minutes. Yes. Yeah, Man, can I Criminal's just say great. for a second that um, we are not, like, Brubaker's viral campaign. We we're we're actually just our own people. <laughs> but Brubaker, if you want to send us stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you want to maybe send us three free Criminal shirts, uh, blue or red and green. <laughs> <laughs> green. Brubaker's I, the man, though. All the work he does for yeah. that book. Yeah, definitely. Oh my god, yes. That book was so good, too. Holy crap. You know, I think I like uh, the... The oversized, yeah, the new format, kinda. yeah, really cool. I don't know, I don't know if they should have renumbered it, but uh, who am I to say? I'm just a guy. I don't even work at a comic book store. I bet <laughs> you if Brubaker could have each issue, not even have a number on it, he would. He mm-hmm. might, yeah. just, just like a crime magazine, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, that was a phenomenal book. It was amazing. I don't even want to talk about it because <laughs> you should just go buy it. Yeah. If you're not reading Criminal, get the hell out there. And Criminal, Criminal is a comic book <laughs> by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. Uh, and it yeah. is a noirish crime book. Noirish. Yeah. And man, is it good. Yeah, if you like anything that's awesome and gritty, if you like, I don't know, Bendis's Daredevil Run or Sin City or Gotham Central or anything awesome like that. Brick, which was a spectacular yeah. movie. Yeah. Brick's great. If you like Brick. You should be reading Criminal. And if you like Criminal, you should go watch Brick. If you read Sleeper and liked it, and you're not reading Criminal, you're a moron. <laughs> if right now I don't you're think that person exists, out, you should read Criminal. Yeah. yeah, that's probably true. And uh, let me just say something. I know you kids today, you like to get your comics in these newfangled graphic novels. Because they don't deteriorate, and they look nice in your little bookshelves. They're easier to lend out. Yeah, I mean, they're okay, so they're superior in basically every way. But really... Pick up the magazine of Criminal, really. Just just go buy it, because... Yeah, yeah I mean, there's, there's little things in the back that uh, they'll make your day. It's Brubaker talking about things. Little reviews of noir films. Uh, I mean, there's just... They throw in some extras that you're not going to get in trade paperback. Which, 
I hate, but also love. But also love. It's a love hate. Love hate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Criminal's actually the only book that I still have a subscription to that I don't just get in trades because I just can't wait. And I love all the articles that are in the back. They're, yeah, they're really fun. And I've those articles have introduced me to movies that I didn't know existed yeah. and I really like now. So they're definitely worth it. You know what another good book is with articles in the back? Dr. Sleepless, also by Warren Ellis. <laughs> the Warren Ellis show. <laughs> it all just comes back full circle. Also fell, which you should read if you read Criminal and you're looking for another book. If you were if you were listening to us talking about Criminal thinking to yourself, huh, I already read that book. Now I'm bored. You should read Fell. Yeah, Fell's awesome. Wow, that's me. <laughs> I should read Fell. It's you like should. criminal, but it'll make you scared. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. It's by Warren Ellis. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to read all Warren Ellis things if you're in the Warren Ellis fan club podcast. <laughs> I'm working on it. Yeah. Fell is also only $1.99 per comic. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really, Adam? Yes. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though, that's a big deal because they a lot of people thought that was an experiment that would drastically fail. Yeah. $1.99 a comic, it's uh, 16 pages of comic, but each page has more stuff in it than most it's hard to explain but it's quite good it is <laughs> <laughs> there's no doubt about that moving on what else have you been up to <laughs> all right uh i also read uh razzle yes all right razzle, Let's talk about razzle. that some mixed feelings uh, on that from yeah, some people you know it was okay I, it was very much a first issue yeah um, mm-hmm, no doubt that's the big problem with the first issue of razzle yes <laughs> I like how you just gotta go crazy when you say it. Rassle. Unlike Criminal number two, number one, yeah, or Kick Ass number one. Yeah. yeah. Unlike those books, which are like so incredibly pure, unadulterated, awesome. Um, <laughs> Rassle is more like a view into something that could very well be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't exactly. The fact good. that it's by Jeff Smith, who was the creator of Bone, one of the greatest all ages comics in the world. Arguably. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't argue it. Some would, I would imagine. One assumes. Let's move on. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Razzle is a new comic book that he did that is not all ages by any stretch of the imagination. No. no. Um, and everyone seemed to love it. Um, yeah. It's about a time-traveling art thief, to yeah. give you a little insight if you haven't oh. read it. Oh, that old shtick again. <laughs> but I do think that the big problem with it is, at this point in time, I think that we're all judging it because Jeff Smith is so good. Yeah. And it's tough to know after the first issue that it's going to be as good as we all want it to be. Mm-hmm. I think it will be, but yeah. I am not completely sold yet. On a yeah. scale of 1 to 10, I am cautiously optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I'm I mean it was very first issuey. There's no there's no arguing that it wasn't, but I am intrigued and I can't wait to read the second issue, so I think it worked. You know what I think it is? I think that when you read Kick-Ass or you read Criminal, you get, you know, kind of what you're going to be reading. Yeah. I don't know, and and so it's it. You have an expectation of what the book's going to be about, and it totally meets it and exceeds it. Whereas with Razzle, I had no real idea of what I was getting into. So what I got was very like, oh, here's this thing that's going to, you know, like here's a guy who apparently can travel through dimensions yeah. and he steals art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't really know what the deal is. Yeah, yet, I didn't so. know anything about it going in. I was like, oh, this guy made bone. This will yeah. be a fun romp. Yeah. Hey, I'm scared now. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what is this giant lizard? What's he doing? Wow. <laughs> he sure blood. is bleeding. <laughs> but yeah, I look forward to the second issue. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So what Absolutely. else what else you been up to? Uh 
Moving on to the world of uh, Los Videojuegos. I've been playing... That's Spanish. That's Spanish. I speak a little Spanish. For the video, Juegos. Doesn't Juegos <laughs> mean eggs? I mean, am I, am I missing something? Juegos. juegos. Oh, Juegos. G- I misheard you because I have something in my ears. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's the water from the pool when we were swimming. Yes, which we're totally at. Um, yeah, I've been playing Professor Layton and the Curious Village for the Nintendo DS. Amazing, Tell right? Tell us about this game. Well, um, it's... Let's let's use a, an equation here. It's it's one. It's not too fancy. I won't. It's one part uh, point and click adventure game, and one part algebra homework. And <laughs> wow. I know I know that sounds terrible, <laughs> but it's it's actually really great. I mean, essentially, what it is is a collection of brain teasers, right? Right. But uh, they're presented to you in the form of a mystery story. So it's as if. Uh, Phoenix Wright and Brain Age kind of had a baby. Yeah, awesome. Hot. And, no. no, no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's the hat, right? Professor Layton's hat kind of yeah. for you. Yeah, it, I, it's, it's great. Uh, basically, the premise is uh, you're kind of a detective, a professor sort of person. You got your little apprentice whose name is Luke. And uh, Does that make you feel good? See, uh, I'm really vain. So anytime someone <laughs> uses my name, I'm pretty much on board. <laughs> but aside from that, this this game stands on its own. So um, Professor and his apprentice are going to this village because they got a call about a mystery. And everyone in the village, before they'll help you or talk to you or give you the time of day, is like, oh, could you solve this puzzle for me? <laughs> and while that sounds like absolutely ridiculous... It's it's the perfect uh, jumping off point to get you doing brain teasers and not yeah. just being like a, a fun book. Uh huh. I played, I played one or two of the of the puzzle mysteries, whatever you want to call them. Um, and I thought it was a blast. My girlfriend is playing the hell out of that game. She loves it. If she can, <laughs> for the two minutes that she can put drawn to life down a day, she's playing <laughs> the professor. She loves it. She let me play a couple puzzles. I'm really looking forward to playing it when she's done. Ladies love the DS. They do. I don't know what that means but it's true so do i i guess people people just love the ds yeah mm-hmm. because it's cool it is cool yes buy one <laughs> can we stop advertising also, for everybody stuff yes. <laughs> podcast at gmail.com i was told not to do that but i will <laughs> yeah all right. all right um i've also been playing a uh, apollo justice attorney at law or whatever the kids are calling this is days. new to me yeah, I don't, I don't know. Adam, have you played the, uh, the Ace Attorney? I've played the, uh, the old ones. Uh, yeah. Well, I played the first one right. that was released here, which wasn't the first one, right? Phoenix no. Wright? The first Phoenix Wright game that was released in the States, was it the first Phoenix Wright game? It was. Uh, what was special about that one was that it was the game itself, which was just a port of uh, the GBA game, Gaia uh, Kooten Saiben, or whatever it was called. It goes with languages um, again. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, actually, the fifth case in that game was especially made for the DS. Okay. So it had all kinds of new sort of forensic work where you could dust for prints and uh, use luminol to find Mm -hmm. blood and all that. And uh, what's great about the new game, Apollo Justice, is that it's the first game that's actually completely been made from the ground up for the DS. So uh, you've got all kinds of new ways to uh, go through these absolutely ridiculous stories <laughs> logic that makes very little sense <laughs> i liked phoenix Wright a good deal i liked telling someone in court that they were lying objection <laughs> <Or> lying 
<laughs> I, I love the Phoenix Wright series, and uh, this one does not disappoint at all. Uh, if you're a fan, you should get it. Uh, if you haven't played it, I suggest you start at the first one because the games kind of all have something to do with each other. And while you could pick up the new one and probably enjoy it just as well, uh, there's some backstory you'd miss if you didn't play the first three games. So do that. And they're a worthwhile game. Absolutely. Excellent. Onward. Onward? Upward? Onward? What are we going to talk about today? Uh, comics. Video games. Are they art? Oh. <laughs> Jumping right into that thing. The answer's yes. The what? answer's absolutely yes. Let's all let's, <laughs> Can we all agree for a couple minutes here? Because we don't do that enough. I thought we would have much more heated argument about Rassel. I thought you guys weren't going to like it. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it didn't <laughs> blow me away. I, yeah. I, it's, That's okay. We'll disagree We'll thing. disagree later when no, we talk when about Indiana Jones. Comes out and With, we know whether... Yeah, there you if, go. <laughs> I would say this, and I said it in the store. If Razzle were written by a random guy and drawn by some random woman say um and it were just a random indie comic that came out i would have read it and been like okay i don't care yeah you're probably right because it's him i will read the next issue and probably enjoy it no yeah. i disagree with that it stands on no i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry i'm lying you're probably right <laughs> and that's not necessarily a bad thing would i have read kick-ass if it wasn't written by mark miller probably not yeah yeah but if i did read it Oh man, would I have bought the next yes. one? Because that comic is good. <laughs> exactly, I agree. And so, we'll see. We'll see. And knowing Jeff Smith, it probably will get ten thousand times better. And I will be like, ah, oh, well, I'm an idiot. My bad. Yeah. But right now, I'm just not as excited as I thought I would be. Understandable. All right. So now let's agree about <laughs> about art. About art and whether video games are cursed to be stuck in the same, I don't know, limbo <laughs> as uh, comic books. Oh, let's let's have this uh, discussion first. Which do you think is currently more accepted as art in, I don't know, popular culture or by people who think about whether something's art or not? What do you think, video games or comics? Which do you think is more accepted? Because I have to say comics. I think comics by far. Crap, I hate when we agree. See, I don't... I don't think comics in general are accepted as art as much as they ought to be by the public at large. Mm-hmm. I agree but, with that. But, but I think yeah. they've got more afoot in the door than video games do because, I mean, look at Time Magazine's top 100 novels or whatever. I mean, Watchmen made the cut. Yeah, right. And I think that's that's the defining moment when uh, I think right. maybe we understand that. Yeah. And you also see something like Persepolis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the book gets turned into a movie which is yeah. then up for an oscar that doesn't yeah. happen to video game movies also because they suck yeah right but um the the point remains the same you see that these comic books are are treated a different way when they're made into a movie than a yeah. video game is because well, yeah, i mean we definitely we've already accepted that movies are art i would say oh yeah, yeah th- i think that that's that's part of the problem is that I feel like people are maybe expecting them to be widely accepted as art too soon. You know, it took a while for people for people to accept film as art, and a lot of people still don't even accept television as art. And you know, I think it's progression oh, come from on. film, American Idol, <laughs> television. You know, high quality television is absolutely art. You yeah. know, and there's a lot that's not. But then you know, after television, you have comics, and then video games. And if you think about it, I mean, comic books to people like us have always been art, but. 
the comic renaissance or rebirth, whatever you want to call it, only came about like in the eighties. If you want to mark right. it there with Miller and uh, Alan well, Moore and everything, well, so that only, that only that only yeah. when they started to get like gritty and smart instead of just I am uh-huh. Avatar <laughs> from America. Yeah, well, but that was even earlier, wasn't it? I mean. Yeah. Their groundbreaking stuff was earlier in the eighties. The some some well, Arch Spiegelman. I mean, Mouse came out in the eighties. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and so, I mean, Dan Klaus's big stuff came out in the eighties mm-hmm. or nineties even. Um, I mean, Will Eisner's been making comic or was making comics for a yeah. long time, but um, yeah, the the big strides forward in acceptance came about in the eighties. Yeah, and, and so I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, thirty years isn't all that long as far as art goes. Yeah. So I think that. In due time, gra- the graphic novel will be a widely accepted art form. And the well, that's the thing. It's the graphic novel, right? Because yeah. when, when do comics get accepted as being like critically art? It's mm-hmm. when they're made into a movie, and then you look back at them, and you realize how good they were. Or it's when they're compiled into a graphic novel, and someone picks it up, and they're like, oh, this is a book. It's just got pictures. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it, like a book, it can be art. So you've got these two ties to the other forms of media which lets people see comics as art and maybe that's necessary maybe they don't stand on their own yet i don't know i mean clearly they do because they're the same thing whether they're in (laughs) in digest or if they're in a single issue but Mm -hmm. i guess for people to really you know for it to become mass popular to the masses it sort of has to be collected like that yeah or attached to it the thing to think about is that i mean people like roger ebert who's famous for saying that video games can never be art and who has also <laughs> said some demeaning things about comic books uh, um they don't they don't have a lot guy. of memory because it wasn't too long ago not within our lifetimes but really historically it wasn't too long ago since Short stories and the novel weren't considered art because yeah. they weren't poetry. <laughs> this was yeah. a big, big thing. They were not considered art. They were looked down upon by critics. They were, they were considered the, I don't know, more or less for the masses, and they weren't art because they weren't part of the elite. I'm mm-hmm. shaking my fist, and that's the not the case anymore at all. Um, and so, I mean, geez, look at rock and roll jazz yeah. the blues all of these things didn't snuff. get accepted as being art until <laughs> until they'd had quite a bit of time and so someone like roger ebert who i mean he's a great critic of films yes, but who but he's a critic and he should know better he should know that the history of art is fluid yeah. and when something comes out it is not at its best yeah and it takes a while for something to get accepted the best short story in the world could have gotten written in the early stages of its life cycle and it would not have been respected like it would be when when it was accepted as an art form. So, Similar things can be said for video games, right. for mm-hmm. comics, for movies in the 20s and 30s and 40s. Yeah. yeah. I mean... And the other thing to think about is people always talk about how there isn't some shining example. There are plenty of shining examples and it's not fair to say that if you pull any random comic book off the shelf in a comic book shop, of course, there's a good chance it's going to be crap. But if you go to the movie theaters I mean, and not just your see, shop. of course, <laughs> if you go to the movie theaters and see any random movie, there's a just as good of a chance that it's going to be crap. There's yeah. a great chance that it's going to be crap. <laughs> in fact, even the movies that are accepted as being art, a lot of them just aren't that good or Video interesting. 
Videodrama's great. <laughs> don't front. Don't, don't front on Videodrome. We can disagree Finally. about Videodrome's fantastic. And damn it's, you, Cronenberg. It's, uh, it's an important part of I want that hour and 28 minutes back, damn <laughs> so, well, um, The Cronenberg of the 80s apologizes to you for <laughs> the hour and 28 minutes that he took away from you in 2008. Thanks, Cronenberg. <laughs> don't worry, a history, history of violence made up for it. Um, <laughs> a little background. Uh, there's, there was this article um, about two weeks ago when we meant to record this podcast uh, <laughs> by Nguy Kroll. He's a Newsweek's video game guru. Uh, it's called, Objection! Is the cultural trajectory of video games doomed to parallel that of comic books? And uh, what he means by this is that he believes, and he's probably right to a large degree, that comic books are not seen as art by the majority. And he wants to know, are video games doomed to the same fate? So I ask you, my friends, here around the pool in Malibu, <laughs> are video games art? Yes, but they're doomed to a worse fate than comics, in my opinion. Oh, snap. <laughs> here's, here's, well, go ahead, Denny. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, I absolutely think there are. And just like we said with everything else, um, television, comics, everything, not every video game is high no. art, you know? No. But there's, there's a lot of film critics, by the way, who don't think television is art. Yeah, and I think that's insane. Yeah, but go on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, there's some terrible games, and there's some other games that are absolutely art, and I can't even fathom the arguments. I mean, The only thing I can imagine is that people don't play them, or people have no love for, like, the immersion experience. But even yeah. if you say that, I don't know how you could think a film is art if, if you can't do that. And I just think that for... As accepted as comics are as art, I think much less people accept video games as art. And I think over time that's going to change. I think, yeah. You know what it is? Um, I think once everybody who didn't grow up with video games kicks the bucket. Dies, yeah. And then video games will take their rightful place among the pantheon of media with books and movies. Yeah. And mm-hmm. pictures. And you know, when people were to ask me if I thought video games were art, I'd be like, hey, Shadow of the Colossus. And then the conversation would be over. Because right. if they didn't agree with me at that point, I would punch them in the face. <laughs> Here's the two main arguments that I think people use to say that video games are not art. Number one is the complexity of the controller. What? People believe that because it's hard for someone who's never played a video game to um, control like an Xbox 360 because there are so many buttons, they think it's too hard. There's a barrier of entry that doesn't exist with film. But that is bullshit, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> Anyone who thinks that art is not, does not have a barrier of entry for the elite is just wrong. Yeah, wrong. <laughs> I mean, do you really believe that some, somebody who doesn't have the kind of elite schooling that these art critics have, that they're going to appreciate and understand Videodrome? Yeah. Or, excuse me, <laughs> or not even Videodrome, a Picasso painting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, you're right. Any, any, there's always a barrier of entry, and the controller is a minor one. The second major argument, and, and you know, stop me if you guys want to discuss the controller thing. I do. I, I, you uh, know what? You guys have these Playwees 360s <laughs> and with all the buttons, and I just want to throw the football. But I can't throw the football because I hit the button. And I don't throw the football. <laughs> That's enough of your critique of the controller. <laughs> no, I, no, I think that 
to appreciate any media, you kind of have to have a background in it, right? Right. I mean, you can't just look at a Picasso and be like, oh, that's that's beautiful. Well, you could. Yeah. The counter argument is that a Picasso painting should speak to you whether you have the training or not. Well, I mean, all right, let's, let's, let me rephrase this. (laughs) I think that art will stand on its own without the background, but if you have the background, that's where you can see the magic in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, Absolutely. yeah. That's like, I mean, I think that that's a, a good example of that is music, you know? That's a terrible example. (laughs) I'm sorry, I agree. I just, you know, I was trying to get some conflict. (laughs) I think you can listen to, I don't know, what's a great song or a great band that we can reference here? The Beatles? The Beatles, yes. (laughs) Not the Beastie Boys? Let's say the Beatles. Let's say you can listen to Abbey Road. Let's say Tchaikovsky. You know, let's say Beethoven. (laughs) Yeah. You can listen to, you can listen to Mozart. Yeah. You can listen to any of that and know that it's aesthetically pleasing and that it speaks to you and it makes you emotional and that it really does something for you. But the more you know about music and the way that it works, the more it's going to speak to you. Yeah. And you're going to have a greater appreciation for it. And and that's that's very valid. The second argument that people tend to make, which I actually think is extraordinarily tied into the first argument, is that video games are not art because you are part of it. And you are, are I'm in the like, game? you're like controlling what happens. You're not viewing it. And I actually think that is the number one reason why I think video games are art. Because I believe that what the artist is trying to do is engage the viewer in a dialogue without being there. So mm-hmm. when you paint a painting, you're trying to get the viewer to engage in a dialogue with that painting where the painting speaks to you and you in turn interpret what you feel the artist was trying to say, what the painting is trying to say, all of these things are, are a dialogue between the viewer and the painting right. or the movie or the music. So, basically, if something is a work of art, right, it evokes some sort of emotion in, in the viewer, user, whatever. And I mean, it's, it's not... If that happens, then I think you have that connection that makes... It definable as art, right? Absolutely, yeah. and I think that a video game, by the very virtue of giving you a controller, forces you into that dialogue. And a good video game maker, and I'm not talking about someone who's making Madden, which is a good, you know, a good game, but it's not I the just want to throw the football, <laughs> and I hit the button, but I didn't throw the football. A good video game designer will create a game that engages the player in the same sort of dialogue and you have them you have them literally their hands are on your work they are forced to engage it and i i don't know so, i could talk about so, this for hours okay. Wait, <laughs> so maybe maybe video games aren't art because when i go to a museum and i have my hands all over the paintings <laughs> i get thrown in jail yeah <laughs> so when you're touching the video game world you can't do that right so I, I guess okay, video games aren't art. <laughs> <laughs> you convinced me. <laughs> here's 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 a thought. You mentioned Shadow of the Colossus. That's a very 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 easy example because it's that's it's, why it's, it. it's gorgeous. <laughs> it it engages you emotionally. Yeah. Let's look at one of the most popular video games of all time, Grand Theft Auto Three. Okay. Well, that's not art. That's just a murder simulator. People don't. <laughs> yeah, that's a very very perfect thing to say. But let's. Let's sit you down and you play Grand Theft Auto 3 
and you drive around the city in a car that you've stolen and you have all these choices and this is something that you don't see in a movie and you don't see in a book and you don't see in a poem you have the choice you as a player are engaging this game and you make moral decisions and the game allows you to decide what you're comfortable with and yes you have to do certain things to advance the plot but nobody plays Grand Theft Auto 3 for the plot everybody plays it to play a different kind of game it, it that's an interesting aspect too but like I said I could talk about this for hours mm -hmm. like the way that the player makes a game out of a game that was made for a different yep. purpose that's fascinating why aren't we talking about this as as well, art well, critics we <laughs> I mean, we are three guys at, so at we're the pool the in Malibu. <laughs> we're the ones who know what's up. Yeah, absolutely. My point is, why, when we talk about Grand Theft Auto 3, do we discuss the murder and the fact that there are prostitutes and the fact that there's urban stuff going on? Well, why aren't we talking about the moral decisions that and, you and make? And that's, that's why it's hard to define games as art, because, I mean, it's kind of easier with Shadow of the Colossus, because... It's, let's say, I mean, you're stabbing giant monsters, of course, so there's violence. But it's there's less harping on uh, the beating of hookers right? and mm -hmm. more on what's actually at the core of the game. Right. And I think that, um, that saying that video games aren't art is getting harder and harder as games become more obviously art. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. Shadow Cla of the Colossus was one of the first good examples that was, like, sort of... In the public, I mean, spectrum. I think Ico did it first. But yeah, you're right, I but I, I think Shadow Colossus got more, let's say, press. I mean, yeah. they made a movie mm -hmm. about it. Adam Sandler was playing it on a big screen, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and there, there you go again, linking it to movies is is helping the case. And but don't I, you think that a game giving you the freedom to choose to beat a prostitute, while obviously corrupt, <laughs> while that very thing is corrupt by the nature of giving you as a player the freedom to choose it when you do it. Do you really need to blame the game, or do you need to blame the person that chooses to beat a prostitute to death? Well, you have to blame the game for giving you the option, right? Right, just like in life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you like, blame officer, God. I mean, yeah, I shot him, but I had a gun, and he was right there. But anyway, and I mean, you're right. With I mean, now that we have, uh, let's say, Bioshock. I mean, that game is like, it not only is it is it beautiful, but it's like. Great new advents in storytelling. Do we want to do a yeah? spontaneous top five list? Top oh. five art games? Okay, let's oh, do it real, no. real quick. <laughs> I'm unprepared. You have to go fast. Okay. This is this is the way it works now. Then We've you, changed you our top five system for our viewing audience. Just so you know, we now give ourselves like, I don't know, five seconds. It's like a fast top top five yes. list. We're go, trying. Go, 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 go. We're trying. Okay, All I'm right, going to go first. Okay. Uh, my first is obviously Shadow of the Colossus. Okay. And uh, by virtue of that, I'm also going to say Eco. Okay. Uh, after that, I'm going to say Bioshock. Okay. Now those are the three that I had. So now now <laughs> the game really begins. Uh, I'm going to say uh, the first Super Mario Brothers. Okay. Uh, because I mean, that game is like, it's poetry in motion. That's, <laughs> That's a great way to describe Mario it, it, Brothers. It is. It's, it's the essence of happiness. All right, all right. I'll give <laughs> you that. Like and it. if that's not art, I don't know what is. Uh, for my fifth, I'm going to say Katamari Damashi. Good choice. Yeah. Holy balls. I mean, that game yeah. is not... Holy balls. Holy balls. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, Katamari Damashi as art, holy balls. <laughs> all right. I, and that game's not, not particularly pretty, but it's got a style. And if I had to say five more, I'd say Okami. I'd say Resident Evil 4. I'd say Grand Theft Auto 3. <laughs> Alright, you're out of control. You're out of control. Mario Galaxy. You're out, oh, Mario. you're out of the game. These are art, man. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, top five. Adam. Ico. 
Grand Theft Auto 3. Hey, remember that time you just used my list? Hey, <laughs> blow me. <laughs> I'm going to say Everyday Shooter, which just came out. And yeah, is all spectacular. Right. I'll give you that. I'm going to say Tetris, because one thing about art is that there's also a creator, you, as the piano player, for example. I played piano for 12 years. And <laughs> what one, a thing nerd. That I'll, one thing I'll tell you about being the one who creates the music it's still art when you're playing it it's not just art when you're That's hearing right. it Absolutely. when you play the piano if you really get into it you start to kind of become separated from your fingers and you're just hearing the music as you create it that's how i feel when i play tetris when i really start to play tetris i'm not really paying attention to what i'm doing i'm kind of just thinking about what i'm going to do to make the best score as the pieces come down the screen. Sure I know it's hide? really weird, but that's how I feel about Tetris. And I think that's a feeling that you cannot get from... No, screw you, Ebert. He's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I'm going to say Mass Effect. Excellent. Um, yeah. So that's my top five right there. Dang, you are now on the spot. All right, Shadow of the Colossus. Hey, remember that time? Your list was just <laughs> Man, you gotta stop going first. I gotta, I gotta stop going last, because I'm just recycling everybody's. Next week, I'm first. Alright, Shadow of the Colossus. Portal. Good choice. Hell yeah. For shizzle. <laughs> um, man, Resident Evil, the first one, because I was scared. <laughs> it evokes an emotion. It's art. Ebert, fuck you. Condemned. Mm. Alright, yeah. And... I want to grab something old school here. I'm going to go with Super Mario 64. Alright, yeah. Okay. That's my five. Wow. Look at something like System Shock 2. Yeah. <laughs> um, Half-Life. Yeah, I was going to say Half-Life. Um, Half-Life, yeah. If the orange wanna... box, why not? It's yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Should have just said the orange box. orange box. Portal's one that I know some people argue may not be art because of the simplicity of it. But simplicity I think... Simplicity is okay. Yeah, I think it's part of the beauty of it. We were listening to another podcast let's just plug another podcast here and i was fascinated by this theory this guy was talking about about the second act problem with video games yeah that was um, and i want to give them credit do you remember which podcast this I was i believe it was games for windows radio uh it was one of the gdc shows uh i'll see if i can find it and link it in the show yeah notes. anyways it was really interesting conversation talking about how part of what makes video games as an art form suffer is that they feel the need because they're charging us 60 dollars for a game to drag out the second act, yeah. which films don't have to do. I mean, you can make a film, and it could be three hours, or it could be an hour and a half, and people right. are still, if it's great, people are still going to get their $7 worth, which is a lot different than $60. And by packaging Portal with other games, it gave them the freedom to not have to hammer in a bunch of extra stuff in the middle yeah. of the game. They just Portal? told the story, and you yeah. live that story for that three hours. Yeah. Three and a half, four hours, that's, good. that's a good amount of gameplay, Portal I think. Portal was exactly as long as it... It, as it needed to be. Yeah, yeah. And it's oh, a shame that God. more video games can't do that. And well, I'm not saying with, that I don't want 20-hour games. You know, I mean that's what people like. But yeah, yeah. With the advent of the Xbox Live Arcade and the PlayStation Network, I think more and more games that are able to be the right length mm-hmm. will start to appear. I mean, Everyday Shooter, Geometry Wars, Pac-Man mm-hmm. Championship Edition. Yeah, it's um, it's happening on consoles, and it, the same thing's happening on PC. I mean. With a desktop tower defense. Yeah, I mean with, with <laughs> Steam, you've got these little games like, uh, like well, Orange Box is on Steam too, and then you've got like Peggle. Yeah, <laughs> these, you love that like, stuff. Like it's we're seeing we're on the cusp of a new era, and it's 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 the little, possibly casual game, and I, I think it's going to be a good thing for, for uh, you know sort of ignoring that big budget, resource heavy crap that we yeah. just got stuck in where oh we gotta get the bang for our buck here and I, th- I think it's going to make things pure again 
Yeah. Or, or maybe everything Excellent. will crash. It's a good uh, time. It's a good time for movies, yeah. good time for video games, good, good time, time for comics. Yeah. It's, it's good to be living. Man, should we end on this optimistic note? Do we have time to talk about the Indiana Jones trailer? Uh, we, Sucked. It's... Let's, wow, now we have to talk about it. All right? wow. We could have squeaked by. We could have ended. This could have been a short, succinct, great conversation. A real shining example of a podcast. It could have been just as long as it needed to be. That's, That's all degenerate. I have to say about the Indiana Jones trailer. It sucks. That's all. That's all. We can end there. I don't You've care. Never, you're so wrong. Your opinion is so wrong. But Denny, why don't you start by telling us what you thought of the Indiana Jones trailer? What's, it, what's it called, first of all? Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones and the, the something and the of the something. something. And the pursuit of merchandising <laughs> revenue, I think is what it's called. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, something like that. I Indiana even... Jones, the legend of the geriatric hero. <laughs> Indiana what? Jones and the creation of Shia LeBleu. No, I love Harry. No. I just no. like to say Shia LeBleu. Shia LeBleu. <laughs> Who's going to be York? Maybe. God, I hate that guy. I love him. I know you do. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> alright. Let's not talk about Shia. Well, we're going to, but. Anyways, I thought the trailer was super entertaining and it did everything that I want a trailer to do for me. And I know that maybe it doesn't work for everybody else, but for me, the point of that trailer was to raise a sense of nostalgia which it absolutely did and as soon as like i mean they show people say that all the trailer is is a minute and a half of clips from the old movies and that's just bs like you didn't watch the trailer if you say that because there's plenty of new footage and there's a point to that stuff being there (laughs) adam did you watch the trailer (laughs) there's a point to that being there the whole point they're trying to advertise the movie. They want you to be excited about the old movies to make you want to see the new movie. And I'm not saying that the new movie is going to be the best movie ever, but that trailer made me excited, gave me goosebumps, and made me really want to go watch the old movies and then go see the new one. Right. So I don't know what else you want from a trailer. I mean, may, do you want it to be something different and completely new? Here's what I here's what I think. <laughs> you and I, with a laptop and two minutes of footage from the new movie could have spliced together the same trailer and i'm not saying it wasn't great and i'm not saying it didn't do its job i'm just saying that i felt that it didn't do anything to make me i think feel anything at all honestly i think that the trailer was a minute and a half of clips from the old movies (laughs) it was like remember indiana jones one through three they were awesome right (laughs) well here's a picture of an old harrison ford and here's a lady with short black hair Indiana Jones coming soon. No way. That was it. No way. There was a whip and he was flying around. I'm Shia sorry. was I'm doing sorry. stuff. In, this, in between the lady with the short black hair and old Harrison Ford, there was a whip. He's right. When you when you're right, you're right. And I'm gonna give you credit. Here's here's my thing, and I agree with both of you. What? You can't do that. We're we're saying opposite <laughs> things. I do though. I agree with you. I agree that with Denny that it's all exciting because it's this the return to the Indiana Jones. And I agree with you because I think that it was just friggin' pulling from old stuff and showing you a couple seconds of the new movie. But don't you think that everybody's already excited about Indiana Jones 4? So yeah, but... So that kind of trailer's not man. necessary? Here's, here, remember Dark Knight? Yeah, I've heard of it. What? When when they <laughs> when they had the first trailer and it was just the bat symbol yeah. and it said Dark Knight, that man, I thought was that was awesome. so fucking cool. Yeah, and that was cool. But the point of it... It's just a teaser trailer. I don't think that they have to show us the no, new it's, movie. No, it's not a teaser trailer. It's a blue-balling trailer. Psh, what ads? <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't think it sucks. I it's like it better fun. than the no. teaser trailer for, I don't know, say the new Star Trek movie, which 
people think is a pretty like. Yeah, I thought that was okay. Yeah, that wasn't great. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I cool like the Dark Knight. I like the Dark Knight. It was a cool idea. At least they tried to do something a little different with the Star Trek trailer. But yeah. It, yeah, I bet mean, it's like okay, the Dark Knight trailer, the first one, it was just like ooh, bat wings. That was awesome. And they said some stuff, and it was yeah. like oh man, this is intense. And, th- and then and there was, was over. Then there like, was oh, another trailer that was substantial, right? Yeah. And there here, will be another Indiana Jones trailer. Good, I hope so. It's only been like three weeks. one really didn't do much for me. <laughs> man. No, see, but the first one was, it, it. I think, really, they should have went one way or they should have went the other. They should have been like, Indiana Jones, remember how awesome he was? Indiana Jones 4, coming soon. But instead, they were like, Indiana Jones, remember how awesome he was? Hair, whip, Harrison. Coming soon. <laughs> it just—it wasn't enough. You're just nitpicking, and that's funny. I can't even. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't love the, the real reason why I felt so. What I did is because everybody was like, "Oh, did you see the Indiana Jones trailer? It was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life." Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, let's back it off here because that was not true." I'm sorry. No matter how much you like Indiana Jones, really, the coolest thing the you've coolest ever seen in your life. Seen. It was pretty fun, and I'm. Definitely gonna go see the movie. You know, don't get me wrong. I love Indiana Jones. Yeah, but I just think that that trailer could have been anything, and people would have thought it was the coolest thing they had ever seen. Remember Indiana Jones one through three? Here's a monkey on a bicycle. <laughs> Indiana Jones four coming soon. <laughs> Maybe they'll eat its brains. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe he's not even in the movie. You'll just have to wait. I guess that's how I feel. I understand. I understand the complaints about it. I just I can't deny that it made me very excited to see the new movie, and I feel like that's what a teaser trailer is supposed to do. And I think that if I don't know, I guess I need to redefine what I think the goal of a teaser trailer is versus the goal of a regular trailer. Hmm. All right. Yeah. No, and I mean I think that maybe you're absolutely right. Maybe what maybe what I'm feeling is unjustified because it is just a teaser trailer. But by the same token, I think saying that's the coolest thing you've ever seen in your life on a teaser trailer. Maybe a bit of an yeah, overstatement. I'll agree Actually, that that's an exaggeration. The Dark Knight teaser trailer was the coolest thing I had seen <laughs> in my life up until the real trailer. The Cloverfield <laughs> teaser was pretty amazing, too. That was probably the best teaser trailer in the history of teaser trailers. Yeah, well, that, that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, J.J. Abrams. Man, we could talk another time. Yeah, let's... And then let's, we can gang up on Luke because he didn't like Cloverfield as much as we did. That'll right, be fun. We'll save that for next week, yeah. right? But let's let's all say one thing that we all like about each other. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. Uh, I don't, this isn't middle school. We don't I was, just trying, to, I was <laughs> just trying to clear up the the smoke from from us ripping on Denny for the past two minutes. <laughs> Sorry, Denny. I can take all right, it. Uh, everyone. That's what she said. Internet. Thanks for joining us this week. Um, if you'd like to email us about something we've said or done to you personally, you can. Uh, do that at omnibuspodcast at gmail.com. Email us your uh, top five video games as art. Email us anything, really. Yeah, I mean, we're lonely, and you know, if check you would that like email every us, day. Yeah, yeah. if you would like to see us talk about anything in particular, email that. If you want us to do a specific five top five list, we can do that. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you heard them, listeners that may or may not exist. <laughs> uh, remember, you can check out the Omnibus Podcast at omnibuscast.wordpress.com. And um, for Luke and Adam, I know, wait, that's wrong. That's you. For Adam and Denny, and me, who is Luke. What is going on? <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> what, 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 what I'm trying to say is, I'll see you next week.